0: values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here uh, and a big thank you again to Governor Doug Ducey for coming in studio. And it, it um I wanted to spend a lot of time letting the governor talk, but I want to make a couple of comments as we get ready to talk about the economy. I think we have to look at what works. We you know where I stand politically. If you listen to the show, I am a Republican, I'm a conservative Republican, especially a fiscally conservative Republican. I am more socially libertarian. There's a lot of things I don't think the government should be involved in. But in the end, I want what works. What is working? And if you look at Arizona's economy, it's working. A smaller government, less intrusive uh, when it comes to regulation, which means you're not giving away the farm. You're not sacrificing quality. What you're doing is you are allowing industry to do what industry does. You are saying to them, we are going to step back and allow you to do what you do without government intrusion. You do that with a lower tax base for everyone and you get a better economy. and it just works. The idea this punish the rich mentality to me I've never understood. I really haven't. I've never been jealous of somebody else's success. As a matter of fact I, I like to celebrate people's successes especially you know, even in this business where we are and it's just like this anywhere else. You look at the NFL. You see a quarterback or you see a player get an outrageously big contract. If you're an NFL player you cheer for that guy. Why? Because when it's your turn there's where the standard's been set. But it isn't just about dollars and cents. I for a long time have been saying to people, that wealth usually follows success. If you are exceptionally good at something, wealth usually follows. Well, the state of Arizona over the last eight years has become exceptionally good at being good to business. We are a good place for people to do business. And it's showing as our economy, and if you look at the economy, we're going to talk about interest rates in a minute, but nationally, there are places that are suffering. It is high inflation, but they are not seeing the economic growth that we are seeing here in Arizona. And being competitive in this state. The desert Southwest is the destination right now where people are coming. Nevada is growing like crazy. So is Arizona. And we're seeing this happen. And we are get we are gathering, we are getting a large piece of that economic pie because of the changes that were made in policy. So, yes, the governor and the vision get a lot of credit along with the legislatures he's had to work with. So this is the comparison to me. If you look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now, there's no personal ill will toward Joe Biden or toward um, anybody over there, Nancy Pelosi or any of them, Chuck Schumer. It is what works and what doesn't. And if you're if you're winning races with the idea, and I'm sure that they believe it's better for America, by punishing the rich, we are seeing that it's not working. Like Ronald Reagan said, we don't have high inflation because people are living too well. We have high inflation because government is living too well. The United States government is collecting more tax revenue now than it ever has, than it ever has. They go after private industry and they tell private industry – oil companies, food growers, that you should lower your prices for the good of the American people. You're price gouging. They want trials and they want hearings and they want to go after barons of industry. And yet at the same time, the United States Treasury is collecting more of your tax dollars than they've ever collected before. Why aren't we as citizens saying, well, we deserve a break? You want private industry to cut their prices, and it's the patriotic thing to do, and it's treasonous not to. Fetterman, who just won the Senate race, wants to haul these people into court and t- put them in jail. And you just have to look at what works. And when you look at what Arizona has done, I think it is going to be a such a picture of what works. And when you start dropping – The labels, the party labels, um, I think that happens. Yes, these are conservative principles. The conservatives are the ones that want smaller government. But what is working? The average American, and we got to take ourselves out of this, when you're invested in something, if you're a diehard NFL fan, if you're someone that watches every round of the draft on TV, and and if you're that invested, you have to realize that the average American, the average person in Arizona that you see walking around in a Cardinals t-shirt couldn't name 10 people on the roster, but they're fans. They're invested into a certain regard. They want the team to win. They're in the stadium. They want to see the big win. But sometimes you have to step out, and you have to realize that there are people here in Arizona that are want to win. They're not invested in partisan politics. They're not invested in a particular party only, and you have to talk to those people. You have to show them why your way is better. And, and we're not seeing that. Consumer prices rose less than expected in November, but still up 7.1 percent from a year ago. So we are still seeing inflation. It's just slowing dramatically. They believe that the Fed is going to raise rates today, but maybe not as much as was originally suspected. So is this going to be the slowing down of interest rate increases? And are we going to see this recession And in many places, we are seeing really bad signs about things that are happening in in the economy. When you have uh, the story we talked about, I believe it was Monday or maybe late last week, of – People's credit card debt higher than ever and people's savings accounts are at a 17-year low. That is a precarious place for families to be in an economy. This is where we have to look at this and say we, we need to know what we can do to climb out of this hole. It's going to take a while to turn the corner. But then back to the Arizona economy. If you want a job in Arizona, you can find one. And we are not going to be as affected as other places. If you look at what's happening in the real estate market around the country, the real estate market has taken a hit nationwide and they're seeing some signs of trouble. But if you look in Arizona, we've had a softened market, but it's not nearly what you're seeing in other parts of the country. We have a high demand for housing here. That is helpful as well. But you are seeing people are still buying homes. You are, and so the prices are remaining fairly high compared to, especially when you see the drops in other parts of the country. We have to look at that and say, what causes that to happen? You always want to do more of those things. You look at the diversification of an economy. You look at not relying in one sector of the economy, but making a, a an atmosphere where all of these places can grow. As I've mentioned before, it's not just big business either. The the, the one of the changes that the governor made that went overlooked is the change to allowing people that have a license in another state to come to work in Arizona while they're going through the licensing process here in Arizona. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but it certainly is. If you have a certificate of a a, a license or certificate that's in good standing for one year in another state and you move to Arizona, you can use that license to go to work immediately while you're going through the licensing process here. For a working person that has a a, a particular skill set that doesn't have to prove it to the state of Arizona in order to go to work but can show that you're proficient in another state, we do it with driver's licenses. When you come to Arizona, you move to Arizona, you're allowed to drive in Arizona with a driver's license. There's a time frame in which you have to get an Arizona driver's license. But if you've got a valid license in another state, come to Arizona, drive on the streets. This is the kind of growth. This is the kind of moving forward. And I think now is the time to compare policy more than anything else. It's not about personality. It's about which policies are working. And it's hard to argue with the growth in Arizona and the way we've gone and say that it isn't working because it is. In a moment, we're going to shift to the border. Governor-elect Hobbs said she may stop construction of the border container or the uh, shipping container border wall. All that's coming up here in just a moment. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, I want to invite you to do that right now on any device you have. Very, very simple to do. Never miss a minute of the show. Listen at your convenience. And this week, the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Guaranteed offers going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Governor-elect Katie Hobbs says she'll stop construction of shipping container uh, at the border wall. This is a story written by uh, Howie Fisher over at Capital Media Services. Um, Governor-elect Katie Hobbs says she's going to halt any further work placing storage containers on the state's southern border. Um, it's uh, it's not our land to put things on. That's one problem. The containers aren't working. There's many pictures of people climbing over them. Um, this is a federal issue. I, I will tell you that I have no problem with the things that have been done bringing attention to this issue, and I think we are starting to see attention being paid to this issue more so than we have in the past. The Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is traveling to the southern border. Um, Republicans are calling for his impeachment. But again, you are a tool of the person that is in power. The Biden administration puts people in place when there is a policy that the leader wants, the cabinet position. That are, that are out there are in place because the president believes that this person is best equipped to implement his policy. So it begins and ends. It begins and ends with with the uh, president of the United States. And I, I don't think that if let's say Mayorkas is is uh, is gone. If Mayorkas is out of there, I don't think that that's going to fix any of the problem, because the next person that will be put in place by the Biden administration will be someone else that agrees with that policy. Um, and uh, the governor was in with us this morning and made an interesting comment about uh, about the border. And he believes that because of the attention that's been paid and a lot of it has to do with and he this is my this is my editorial on what the governor said. These not his words, but. The attention that's been paid on the border, and we've seen this a lot because of the busing that happened from Texas and Arizona and then the flights from Florida and other things that have happened have drawn attention to the issue when people are beginning to pay attention to it in a different way. So the governor had this to say with believing that the Biden administration may be changing. Finally, the administration is starting to see their policies now working, and there's going to need to be more focus. And I'm hopeful that Arizona's governor is going to partner with them on making sure that people are safe and that there's there's better policy. So we know at the ports of entry, they are overwhelmed in a lot of different ways. In El Paso, Texas, El Paso has asked the president of the United States to use military installations as a place to house migrants. That's how bad it's gotten in southern Texas. Um, so we know that it has gotten much worse. Here in Arizona, in Nogales, in the port of Nogales, just in the last couple of days, we have seen um, – so much happened with fentanyl and the increase in, um, in fentanyl, um, in the fentanyl captures, I guess. I'm trying to think of the right word. CBP officers stopped eight loads since Thursday, totaling over a million and a half fentanyl pills. Concealment methods includes gas tanks, quarter panels, rocker panels, floor doors, and body carriers. Pills include blue, multicolored, and rainbow colored. Great work by the officers. That was from the port director down at the port of entry in Nogales. So we understand that where the drugs are crossing in here, but it's also the fact that we are being overrun. What happens when Title IV 42 expires more migrants are expected to come because they believe they're going to be given a safe passage I am um – I'm different, I guess, than a lot of people that talk about this issue the way I do as far as wanting illegal immigration to stop because I am a big believer in legal immigration. I think that we should be a nation of asylum. I do believe that wholeheartedly. I think that we are the shining city on the hill. Reagan said it so eloquently. We are the shining city on the hill, and we are the world's last best hope, another phrase by Reagan. And when people are coming here and they want to come here from oppressed nations, we should be a nation of – refuge if there's a war torn country the problem is we have people coming here knowing that we have that kind of benevolence and kindness and their kindness and they're abusing our system and they're coming here knowing that they're making false claims and we need to stop that from happening we need to have a workforce that we can trust in we should be a place that we allow people to come here with the entrepreneurial spirit and become Americans but when you see border numbers like we're seeing now when you see a, a suicides by border agents at, at re- record numbers it is heartbreaking to see what's happening in America and we have to stop this and if you're someone out there that is a be- big believer in legal immigration I still think it's a bi- I think it's damaging to call everybody a migrant and I think that it's not because it's insulting to say someone an illegal migrant. I think that it is uh, when you call everybody a migrant, it waters down the success, the hard work of a legal migrant to this country. Someone that has truly come here the right way, that has obeyed American laws and done what America requires for you to have a, you know, a, a, whether it's a visa, a green card, or citizenship. That is a significant, significant task. It is also something that um, I think that they are well-deserving of citizenship once they've earned it, and it's something that Americans hold as a sense of pride saying, look at all of the people that want to come here and join us. You water it down by calling everyone a migrant. It's not an insult to the people that aren't here illegally. They need to be identified separately because we need to deal with them separately. We need to be proud of our immigration system. We should be proud of the immigration system we have and the opportunity we give people around the world. World. Doing it the wrong way has people turned off toward immigration. We've got to turn that around. Coming up in a moment, um, a sad anniversary, the 10th anniversary of Sandy Hook. We're going to reflect on where we've come from since then and that horrible, horrible day. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I appreciate you spending some time with the show. A very sad anniversary, the anniversary of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings and killings of those innocent children. even to think back on that day myself, I'm reminded of just how traumatic it was for the entire nation. Uh, I was doing afternoons at the time, and in the morning had gotten to the newsroom and started hearing. You know, first we heard about a shooting at an elementary school, and then we started hearing about the um, the death toll. And how it increased until we found out it was an entire classroom full of children. Uh, And then we heard reports of how parents were notified. And um, there's no good way to do this. Uh, But um, from what we were told, what I heard... um, that parents whose children were killed in this were taken into a separate room so as parents showed up to check on their children some parents were segregated into a different place because it was their children and they all had to be notified and at some point they all must have understood and and thought that our children were in the same classroom and knew what was coming the anticipation of what that news was going to be had to be frightening heartbreaking and completely devastating to people um and then we began from that conversation, of course, the conversation about gun control happened uh, far too soon. Um, we should mourn the losses before we jump on the politics, but of course the politics comes into it, and whether or not uh, banning guns or banning certain guns or whatever it would be would be better for our society. And uh, what was left out of this picture was that a, a, a very serious, um, seriously, mentally, dangerously, mentally ill young man uh, committed this heinous act and um, then killed himself, uh, murdered his mother. Um, and it is, it's frustrating because I am someone that is a, a, a huge Second Amendment advocate for a number of different reasons. But one of those reasons is topics like this and subjects like this, if I thought that this, if something like that would stop these things from happening or slow them down dramatically, or anything else, it would be a different conversation. I would still defend the Second Amendment, but what, the problem is we are focused in the wrong place. When you look at people, whether they are, um, and it happens when you look when you see people out on the street. When you're out on the street and you see someone who is um, obviously mentally ill. It's a scary thing to wonder if they're going to be violent with you. We know that police departments, uh, the Phoenix Police Department led the way and one of the, na- one of the uh, um, agencies in the nation led the way having a squad. And now I think there's multiple squads of officers that are trained in mental health situations in order to intervene so that it doesn't become a violent situation because what's happened in the past is – Police officers have to protect themselves, fellow police officers, and the community at large when a violent situation happens. So when you have somebody that's wielding a knife or a gun or a a deadly implement, whatever it is, and they become violent, your job is to intervene. And if you have to use deadly force, it's sad that intervention couldn't happen in a different way. And that's where the idea came up with we, we should be intervening with people that are having a mental break differently if we can. But what we're seeing is even in one-on-one situations where people are violently mentally ill, that wh- how do you intervene with this? What what can we do before it gets to that point? And what's interesting is we're dealing with the Constitution, and it seems as if people don't want to deal w- – you want to deal with the Second Amendment. It's, it's an easy answer for people that don't know anything about firearms and – But if you're talking about a solution to the problem, why is it we're not talking about HIPAA laws? Why is it we're not talking about intervention into people that are a danger to themselves or other people and having a mental break? You can't. Convict people for crimes they haven't committed. And the way it works is if somebody is violent when they're off of medication, but they are, they're fine or they're much, much better and certainly not dangerous when they're properly medicated, but you can't force people to take their medication and they become in this revolving door of the system. There are other people that, you know, I, I'm a big believer in good and evil. And when someone is just evil, I, there is a, there is a level of disconnect in people where they can be so devoid of humanity that they can f- point a firearm at someone and pull the trigger, especially a pers- a, 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 a perfect stranger. It, I, it's not condoning uh, crimes of passion, but it's, you understand if there's a motive that's understandable. You don't like it. it they still need to be punished, but you, you know what I'm saying. When you have someone that is so devoid of emotion and so disconnected from humanity that they can point a gun at people and just pull the trigger, whether it's a targeted group – Or it's uh, gang violence where it's a drive-by shooting or any uh, – it's it's something that most people cannot wrap their arms around. So in order for us to stop a lot of these crimes, I think the Phoenix Police Department is doing something very wise in what they're doing and trying to get illegal guns and illegal gun dealers off the streets. I think we need to all have a no-tolerance policy. If you are a convicted felon or what's known as a prohibited possessor, meaning you cannot possess a firearm or a, a weapon, um, you should do serious prison time if you're found with one. I think that's one way to stop a lot of these crimes from happening. But we are never going to get away from dealing with the mental health aspect of all of this. So instead of the Sandy Hook shooting being a source of division in our country and dividing us into these two camps of, you know, anyone who accuses me of not caring more about guns than I do dead children is a fool. I, I, there's no other way to put it. It was a, a devastating – I didn't know one of those ch- children, but I didn't need to. It's devastating to hear that kind of news to for a parent to get that phone call or that information. So if that's where the conversation is going to go, and it does seem to go that way with groups of people where it's one extreme or the other – we have to start dealing with mental health there are people suicides are up people are are, are hurting themselves people are committing suicide or attempting suicide at higher rates uh, we know what it does in the veteran community and it's heartbreaking to think that someone has gotten to be so far emotionally in into a situation where that seems like the best option we've got to start doing things with mental health we have to start normalizing people seeking help for mental health issues those have to become just like you would anything else if you weren't we we say to people go to the doctor if you're not feeling well go you need to go see a doctor and, and I've been as guilty as anyone else of waiting a long period of time to go to a doctor. But to say to people, you know, we wouldn't look at somebody as uh, dangerous or uh, somebody, we wouldn't look at somebody sideways because they said they had a physical ailment, whatever it is. But we seem to do that when we hear the word mental illness. We have to start allowing people the freedom and we have to start helping people that need it. And, and this day should be a reminder to all of us that we don't ever want to feel that way again. We're going to continue to argue about gun control. It's going to be a part of this. But my biggest part of the argument against it is that it's not going to help. You're going after the tool that was used instead of the person with the tool in their hand. And that is where you're going to begin and end. That's where the the solution begins and ends. So coming up in a moment, uh, we had to move the big Q poll question of the day because the governor was in studio with us. So coming up in just a moment, Gatos is going to join me for the big Q poll question of the day. Stick around. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
1: Well, good morning, Gatos. Hey, listen, I make time for you, even though I'm an hour, I was pushed off an hour. I make time for you. Cause I, you know why? It's the Christmas season. You, and I you are.
0: You're a giver. You are definitely. No here. one could accuse you of different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How was uh, Governor Ducey? It was good to talk with him. It was, it was we had a good conversation with some of the ongoing issues in Arizona and talked a little bit about his legacy, a little bit about his time in office and what he sees moving forward. So it was nice. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm friends with him. I, I shouldn't. I don't want to be presumptuous. I get along with him very well. I've known him for a long time.
1: Yeah, I'm not friends with any politicians. I have a, I have a rule. But
0: I've known him I've known him since before he was a poli- an elected official or then a politician. Then
1: you got to just cut him loose as a friend as soon as <laughs> he becomes a politician.
0: You're not friends with any politicians. No, no, Listen, no. you get along really well with Kirsten Cinema.
1: I've known her for a while, but I don't think. But we're not friends. I don't go out for a drink with well, her. I've never been out dinner. for a I drink mean, with Ducey either. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Governor no, Deuce friends. and I aren't out doing beer bongs together or anything. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't be friends with these guys. I can't do it. I, I don't want to do it. I, I, yeah, they're just they're they're all so weaselly, you know. And like you know, I've got to I've got to make sure you know I hold their feet to the fire. So I I can't. Why can't like you
0: them? do both?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think I want to like them either. I, I just don't like politicians. <laughs> it's just I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I, you know, we have politicians that come in all the time, and they, this is funny. So, they, they say, "Listen, can we take a picture?" And I said, "No." Can and you? They go, but, wait, what do minute. you mean? No, I, I won't be in a picture with a politician. I don't want that online. I don't want to. I don't want that stuff.
0: Are you? Hang on. But yeah. can you be friends with a politician after they're out of office or once they've been elected? You're they're off limits uh, for the rest of their
1: uh, lives. I, I was friends with Grant Woods. Okay. Now, uh, you know, he not. I didn't know him too much when he was in office. It was mostly after. So after, they're, when they're out of office, I'm happy to be uh, possible friends with you. But while you're in office, I'm going to tighten the screws to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I did. What they, that's what they pay me for, man. I, I'm not, you know, that's what I do. You can
0: do both. I disagreed wholeheartedly yeah. with what happened with the, the shutdowns and everything else during COVID and the way sure. things were handled. But, you know... I can still
1: be friends with somebody. No. Okay. No, I can't separate the two. I, if I'm bringing somebody on the air, if I'm bringing somebody on the air and I've got to ask them the tough questions, you know, it's tough to do. That for, for me, it'd be tough to do that if I were friends with somebody. Okay. So I just make sure I'm not friends with politicians and I don't like them. I, and so when they come into to my layer, you know, they're, they're on the hot seat and, and, and I like it that way.
0: You know, it's funny because I got along really well with Senator McCain. Um, and yeah, me too. I, I get along very well with him. Yeah. Um, but I also got along very well, or do get I should say get along with uh, Senator Cinema When she was yeah. in the House, we did a couple of veterans events together. So I don't, I, I can still, I can, I can, I don't know, I guess I separate the two. When it's time to go to work, it's time to go to
1: work. I, I, I feel like when I see a politician, I become like a circling shark. You do. Yeah. There's and, no and, doubt. It, but that's just how I am. I'm fair, but I'm also going to drill you. And so it'll be a fair question. <laughs> But like, if you don't answer my question, I'm going to start drilling you again. So it's just that's the way I've always that's the okay. way have always been. Fair and enough. it's not like you know I hate these politicians. I just don't want to be friends with them, and I don't like them. I think they're all weasels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did I did an event <laughs> once with Grant Woods. Love
1: they love that man.
0: Um, it, it was a roast. We roasted Matt Salmon. Great. And I was the MC, and they had a, a panel of of roasters. Yeah, and out to be very honest, everybody on the panel was fairly weak at roasting. They didn't okay. want to be mean,
1: right? Except for Grant Woods. Oh, Grant! Well, Grant will kill you. He was hilariously funny. Oh yeah, he he was he was so funny. And the thing I always remember of, about Grant Woods, and we lost him this year, uh, was uh, country over party. Mm. Country over party. I know he became a Democrat, and that's a little bit you know, but country over party. He just didn't like Trump. Country over party. That was Grant Woods. I, I miss him. He was a terrific guy.
0: You want to hear one of his uh, one of his great jokes? Yeah. He was talking I think he was talking about Matt Salmon, you know, cuz Matt Salmon's LDS. And okay. uh, he said uh, that I think he said the Salmon's live in Gilbert. Okay. Which which is Scottsdale for Mormons? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he, does,
1: he doesn't pull punches.
0: No, he doesn't. It, it was just it was just it wasn't a mean joke at all, but it was very funny. He was a very very funny guy.
1: Uh, I got a you got time for a quick one? Yeah, let's hear it. So we 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 went out as Grant Woods used to do something on an old show I used to be a part of, and he would come on once a week. And so it was Christmas, and we you know we took out some of the contributors to the show, and Grant Woods was one of them, and we went to this really nice place, like four or, four or five of us, and he looked at me, he goes, I'm going to order the most expensive thing on the menu, and I said, go ahead, and so he ordered the lobster, and he goes, I'm not going to eat it, just so, I show, just so I can show this talk show host guy who's really in charge, and that's exactly what he did, and he just got a kick out of it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it was lobster, and oh. he didn't eat it. I don't think he liked. Lo- I think he caught a burger on the way over, and he's yes. like, "Oh, that's so going to do this. Why not?" That is so good. All right, what do you got oh. for a
0: question? I got about a
1: minute left. All right, the sur- uh, there's a survey. And uh, it determined Phoenix is the sixth Grinchiest city in America. Mm. Do you agree that Phoenix has lost its holiday cheer? So when they say Grinchiest, it's like holiday cheer. Uh-huh. Do people decorate inside, outside? Mm-hmm. And this study says we don't really do that. So I disagree. We have Glendale Glitters. We've mm-hmm. got this enchantment thing that I can't wait to go to. It's in Scottsdale. You know, they've got ice skating at the Princess. I mean, you go downtown. A little- so I just say yeah. You know, yes or no? Have we lost our holiday cheer?
0: Great question. And 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 you talking about it, something Grinchy is interesting.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, isn't it? Uh, yeah. got to, uh, uh, I, I'm a Grinch at times.
0: At times. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Grinch.
1: All right. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> All right, that's Gayos and the BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Just after 10 o'clock, we talk about election integrity. Stick around for that.